Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 46 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter And my name is Ethan, and you can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan I bet you had a little bit of trouble naming the cup driver with 46 um so i actually um so when i first think of 46 i think of days of thunder yeah cold trickles when it comes to my mind yeah immediately uh green or pink green green Mm -hmm. i i like the green car because i like the fade from green to yellow uh i think the the pink superflow looks more like a nascar yeah then the green to yellow city chevrolet car does um what was weird is that for some reason the the toys that they made mm-hmm. the uh matchbox toys the bigger uh 164 scale cars that they made for that movie the uh 46 had a different i swear it had a different body style than the or the pink one had a different body style than the green one so I thought so too, but I wasn't like super It was like more short. round. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Like all of them are Chevys. Yeah. Like the 18, the 51, and the uh, green 46 all look one way. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it was a newer uh, looking Lumina body on the pink car. And it was a, like a more aerodynamic looking body instead of a boxy body. Yeah, I don't know why they did that, but I I very distinctly remember that. I I, I remember that as well. I think it's like the set that actually come with the little trailer mm. that you set on top of like like the open hauler. Yeah, it's like the the what do you call them? Oh, what do you call them? Cab overs. Uh, the the, the semi trucks that are kind of flat faced. Sure. And uh, it's open on the back where you can actually set the car and it sits because it's got these little two spikes that come up on the trailer that hold the wheels in place. Right. Such a fun set. I had I had just about all of those when I was a kid. I don't um, I know I didn't have any of the 124 scales growing up, but I definitely had the 164 scales of both of those cars, the pink and the green one. I don't know if they sold 124 scale. As oh. I remember Hardy's came out with some that were really little. They were like kind of flat, mm-hmm. small, like just a little smaller 164 scale. Uh, Matchbox came out with some racing champions style 
cars that were that were made with the same it might have been racing champions that came out with them, but i thought matchbox had the license where they were the same bodies as the 1990 racing champion sets so they fit right into the nascars that you played with mm-hmm. and then matchbox came out with some i like i said i want to say it's matchbox that looked like the pit row series right it's those boxier metal bodies but this big plastic wheels kind of bigger looking cars lighter cars not so not they're not uh they're not metal all the way through i think it's just the the body's metal but i think everything else is plastic and um they didn't fit in with anything except for their own selves you know it's like a it's like a whole different line it's like retros and elites you know you can't throw a retro in there with the elites um and they both came out about the same time but I like collecting the Pit Row series. I thought that was a really fun series to collect. I don't, I don't know something about them, but yeah, they they went with the Pit Row series, and I think that's all they sold was those three sets. And one of them you actually had to go to Hardee's to get, you know, because huh. probably Hardee's was a big sponsor of the movie, right? Uh, can you think of a real driver in the Cup series? Anyone? I got one. I'm just curious to know if you you could think of one. Uh, 46. Um, <laughs> let me. I, why? Um, 46. Why can I, I not think? I, I can't think of any 46 drivers. There's not that many. I mean, maybe there might be some from way in the past. Uh. What I, car number was Marty Robbins? Was he 46 or 47? I thought he was 47. He was 40-something. Uh, Maybe he's 42, actually. I think he's 42. Four, um, oh, man. This is going to drive me nuts now. 40, well, I, I, I can tell you one right off the bat. It's a Hendrick car. Uh, originally, I think that was going to be Jeff Gordon's number. Mm-hmm. 46. Oh, there's, really? there's images floating around there of a 46 DuPont car. DuPont, yeah. And I think that was going to be the original car Jeff Gordon was going to drive, but then they went to 24. And I think Buddy Baker actually drove that car once in 92. Mm. But the one I'm thinking of is the 1993 Daytona 500. I remember this as a kid because I thought it was really cool that he jumped over just to try, just to race this race because he didn't race any NASCAR. Mm -hmm. It's Kind of like uh, that Indy driver racing a Daytona 500 this year in the 50 car. Yeah, Connor Daly. Yeah, I forgive me, I didn't know his name. Oh, that's okay. I couldn't remember his whole name. I knew I knew Daly, but I didn't know his first name. Mm-hmm. Um, Alistair Jr. Oh, okay. The Valvoline number 46 car. Interesting. Yeah, he got he got caught up in that crash with uh, Bobby Hill and Jr. and Kyle Petty where they start fighting mm-hmm. on the infield. Um. So he got stuck in that crash. I want to say, I don't know if he was a, the cause of it, but a lot of times the IndyCar drivers, they're the causes of crashes like that on super speedways, just because it's something so different. And it's like, I remember Robbie Gordon jumping into a stock car for the first time in the 28 car and he hit the apron because that's what you do in Indy cars. Right. You know, you hit that apron, but he hit it in NASCAR. And what happens in NASCAR, you hit the apron on a high bank yeah. speedway. Oh yeah. Yeah, he spun out. He spun out yeah. to a tribal and killed the car. You know, so that kind of stuff happens when especially back then when IndyCar car drivers went over. Um 
Speaking of, did you see where uh, Kyle Larson is going to try the 24 and 25 Indy 500s? I did. I definitely saw that, and I was kind of a fan of it, actually. Mm -hmm. Good for him. He's uh, supposed to be testing sometime this season as well, so it'll be really interesting to see how his test sessions go. There's a couple of interesting notes and tidbits going on right now. Like, uh, like I they, they released the specs of that NASCAR stock car they're going to use for the uh, Rolex 24. I don't know oh, if you saw that. I did not see that. Yeah, they, they put a side-by-side -side comparison with that car and a current cup car. Uh-huh. And aside from, like, some suspension differences, like, and the weight... Um, really yeah. not a whole lot of difference. Really? And body-wise, there's a couple of different things on there. But the the issue I think some people have with it is that the engine is exactly the same. And uh. it's supposed to be a hybrid. Like, that oh. was the point of, of entering this, like, uh, I think it's like a innovative car class mm. you know like it's not in any particular class it's in a class specifically designed for innovation you know so you can enter this race and they officially got their invite like this past week so they are officially entering the race but initially they said that the car would have to have a hybrid type engine right or a power restoring engine is what they called it and it doesn't. So I don't know what the deal is with that. If they just, they revoke that or they're going to change it eventually, but I doubt they're changing it. They release the specs I, of it. I was going to say, I wouldn't think that they would change it this far into it, but I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not till next year, right? Right. It's the 24 Rolex 24, which. Oh, oh, okay. I'm. Yeah. I don't think bad. it's this year's 24. I was going to say, I was like, man, I don't know if you have. Yeah, okay, my bad. <laughs> of course, they're going to drive the 24 car. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I, somebody said that was Hendrick's most iconic number. I was like, what in five, their first number? I figured that would be more iconic, but it's Jeff Gordon's most iconic number. I don't know about Hendrick, but whatever. Right. Uh, that's an opinion thing, I guess. But dude, let's uh, gotta talk about uh, Fontana a little bit. Yes. Mine and your drivers did really, really good. Yeah. Like, my guy, Chastain, not my pick, but my favorite driver, mm. he wound up winning the first two stages. So his third stage win of the year, finished third. So he's got a top 10 and a top five this year, and he's leading the points right now points wise yeah he hasn't won but he's got the most points out of everybody mm -hmm. leading logano by one point yeah and man he, they look good track house looks good all together because they had two cars in the top five yeah yeah you know? and of so, course your yeah. guy kyle bush your pick too hey. completely changed everything on that last stage man like yeah. I don't know if he was uh, using his stuff up a little too much on the second stage, and that just had Chastain pull away because he wound up winning the second stage for like five or six seconds. Right. So he dominated the second stage. Yeah, he did. But then all of a sudden, 
uh, Kyle Busch stayed with him mm-hmm. to the third stage, got by him, and Chastain tried his best on the pit stop, beat Kyle Busch into pits just about on the pit stop, but still couldn't keep up with him. And he actually ended up losing second spot to Chase Elliott, who I think might have had the fastest car of the racetrack at the end, but not by much, not enough. And Kyle Busch took it, man. Yeah. It, oh, man. I'm so excited to at least when I, with the Fantasy Cup goes like to get that win out of the way this mm-hmm. early in the season. I'm like, you know what? I could go strategically for top fives and, and you know, top tens. Obviously, I want to win more uh, races and stuff. But man, like, you know, for RJ, Matt, Justin and I, who all selected Kyle Busch for for uh, this past weekend at Fontana, it's a lot of weight off our shoulders for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few people picked him this week. Yeah. So um, I'm assuming you're going to pre-order that diecast. Oh, I already have two of them on pre-order. <laughs> two elite ones. Yeah. <laughs> one. Uh, well, one, yeah. One but- for the Kyle Busch race win collection and then one for the uh, in the marbles fantasy win you know collection. you can have one diecast for both, right? Um, no, because I'm I'm gonna have two different display cases eventually. So yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. So at least you now I picked Keslowski. Yes. And he did okay. Yeah, he had, a, he, he had he uh, had an issue there in the middle of the race where he was next to last, but he came back and um he got up to sixth and then bumped the wall or something stupid like that and fell back to eighth and then got back up to seven. So he wound up finishing the top 10. So that's two, two top tens for me this year. Mm. And I'm not going to complain about it. That's solid. Yeah. I mean, not to mention he got spun through the infield by Corey LaJoy early in the race as well. So to yeah, that's what I was talking that, about. That's yeah. Was yeah. Talking. He, he was, he got pushed all the way back to, to next to last. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear you say that. My bad. But, yeah, like I thought it was very, very impressive by mm-hmm. RFK for sure. Yeah, the 17 finished the top 10 too, didn't he? Yeah, and, you know, when you <laughs> – I mean, on that Facebook group, when you commented that your driver was uh, Brad Kozlowski, I was like, uh, are you are you sure? And <laughs> you know what? I mean, hey, solid seventh place. Can't complain. Dude had a shot to win the 500. Did. I mean – I saw him leading the race at the end of it, you know, so he had a shot at it. Yeah. And they're solid right now. I don't, I think I'm going to kind of stick. If I'm going to go RFK again, I think I'm going to stick on a little bit of a larger track. Mm -hmm. The mile and a half, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick any, maybe I remotely close to RFK. Yeah. I'm maybe Atlanta um, for Mm -hmm. RFK, you know, but, who knows? Atlanta, I don't even know where to pick with that. I know. Isn't it wild? <laughs> I mean, you kind of want to throw a crazy random pick out there like Corey LaJoy, but what's the chances he's going to have another shot like that? But last year at the Atlanta, uh, he did really, really well. Uh, that's what I'm saying, but what, what are the chances that right. he's going to do that again? But in the Daytona 500 just two weeks ago, he finished, I think – uh 11th or something and then last week at fontana i think he came home 13th so he has a lot of momentum yeah he uh he was all over that he was all over the tv at at, uh california yes he was 
<laughs> you couldn't have anything happen in that race without seeing that seven car involved with it. I, I'm really interested on how he's going to address that on his podcast, Stacking Pennies, this week. I don't. I don't honestly think he'll probably. He probably ain't thought twice about it. Right. Because he's finished the. He's finished so well. That's true. So, I mean, good for him. I yep. just he was kind of involved with everything though. He sure was. And I have a feeling that at one point, uh, when he got spun, I think people were just tired of him. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I said too. Reddick looked like he just he was done. He's like, this seven car needs to go somewhere. He just he just took, he just turned him. Uh, yeah, well, I was kind of watching, and William Byron in the first, I think, like twelve laps or so, William Byron had to. I, he cut him a break big time. Uh, Lejoy kept on cutting his nose, cutting his nose. Uh, it seemed like every turn, and you could see William Byron pulling off the throttle because you could see the flames on the side of the car and stuff. And he gave him several breaks, and I was wondering how long it was going to take to see that seven car, you know, backed into the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it, it worked out for him. But yeah, my goodness, he like I said, he was involved with everything. Absolutely. Uh, if you hear stuff going around in the background, I'm sorry. Mac is <laughs> um, hyper this evening as we record, so I can't stop him. He's dragged his bed out. He's knocking it around the place. You know, stuff like that. Um. I hate to harp on it too much because I don't I don't like seeing it constantly brought up on Twitter. Mm. What do you think of Fox's crew for the Cup Series? Uh, do you mean like um, the, the announced crew? Oh, I'm trying to even think of what's his name. What uh, Tony and Clint? Yeah, Tony and uh, uh, Mike Joy. Mike Joy, thank you. Um, you know, it's uh oh, it's special, right? I don't know. I don't um I'm not a huge fan of it, honestly. Like Clint is always a lot of fun to listen to and to watch on TV, but man, some of the calls that you know they've just been very nonchalant about Yeah, they they seem uninterested. Very, very uninterested. I didn't get to watch all of the Xfinity race right after that. Mm. I got to watch part of it. And I went back and I heard two calls. Uh, one on the Cup Series side where the 16 spun out, went to the uh, inside of the back straightaway and hit the wall. Yeah. And then right next to it on that same tweet was the Xfinity side where the two car. Sheldon Creed, yeah. yeah. Sheldon Creed. He spun out and saved it, but it was like in the same kind of spot. Yeah. And the enthusiasm for the Xfinity call compared to the cup car, cup call, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It was it's night and day. Yeah. They the cup guys seem like they they're asleep. But the Xfinity guys, they're hyped. Yeah. Every, everything is like the most exciting thing ever. It's like the radio call. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything they do on the track is the most exciting thing they've seen. Right. But the cup guys are like a bunch of old, old guys. They're about to take a nap, watch a, watch a race of Pocono. Yeah. And Sheldon Creed, the, the number two uh, driver, the number two, that that wreck was going to be horrific. Oh, yeah. It looked oh, like my. it was going to be nasty. 
it i saw it happening and then you know i saw it while it was happening and i held my breath because i was like this dude is oh my goodness like this is not going to be good and and somehow he twists and turned and you know made a little bit of contact but not nearly as bad as what it was oh no he was he was winning after that wasn't he wasn't he like winning a stage at one point or or he was at least contending for the win yeah very very close yeah yeah very close to winning a stage after that and that was just um it it was just uh mind-boggling to see that happen yeah yeah i i don't know what they need to do to the cup crew but something's got to change with it and dang some of the decisions are making too like there was a shot where it was chastain two other guys i forget who it was i'm sorry and then a fourth guy decided he was going to come down the very inside of it and make it four wide for mm-hmm. third spot going into turn three and clint saw it right as it was happening because right as the guy went on the inside of mega four wide clint started talking about it yeah and he his his voice got up a little bit like it was like four wide and then all of a sudden it cut to the leader getting passed yeah and one car passed another car like 10 car lengths off of them and clint's <laughs> right. like oh you know like like that that's all he said like, yeah i I've watched that happen as Noah Gregson was diving to the that inside was of it was Noah Gregson. Yeah. And it was really weird because it was almost comedic mm-hmm. in a way. Cause like you just barely saw the 42 with the, the Wendy's logo, you know, like just pop out of nowhere. And then it just flashes off almost I, like it wasn't supposed to happen. I would have loved to seen how that would have turned out. Especially with a, a very really interesting because my driver was in that mess, right? Like an in inexperienced no Gregson, you know, like that was really exciting to me, you know. But they did cut over to Kyle Bush taking the race lead, so I was okay with both. But like it was a very like uh, okay, like yeah, but maybe side by side. Yeah, don't completely cut away from a four wide entering turn three to show one car past another car. Right. I mean, if you got to show the lead change, I understand, but you got to keep that other battle on there. Well, yeah. They have the technology. (laughs) At the time of that pass, that four way, uh, four wide pass, they were side by side. But as soon as Noah kind of came into the the picture, they just zoomed right back into a full screen of Kyle Bush passing uh, whoever the leader was. So it was like, oh, if you would have waited like maybe four more seconds we you know the viewers would have seen all that so it's mm-hmm. like oh man there i wasn't obviously i didn't watch the daytona 500 broadcast right, right. i was there yeah so i didn't see the complaints as much as other people did like oh there's just so many commercials and and um they just they didn't they don't have the best calls right now like mike joyce seems like he's losing a step with his announcing and I I get it mm-hmm. after seeing this broadcast. Yeah. I but, have to agree. But it's hard to like take somebody like Mike Joy out. Right. Because at, for a long time I didn't think Ken Squire had it too much anymore. When I was a kid, he was broadcasting all the five hundreds. In fact, most of the time it was Ken Squire, Ned Jarrett, and Buddy Baker. 
because the Daytona 500 was always on CBS. Right. And that was, that was the group that did it. I think that was the group that did it in 98. Yeah. So I think as soon as Buddy Baker got out of the car full time, he would jump on the CBS and uh, I think the TNN broadcast too, because I think TNN was Eli Gold and Buddy Baker for a while. Uh, TNN, okay. that's uh, what's that now? Is, is is they they still call that Spike? No. What uh, is Spike? that? Um, hmm. What is that channel now? It's not Spike. Spike. Uh, what it used to be? Forty four channel forty four. I know that for some reason. I don't know what that's called anymore. Honestly, I don't watch too much TV. Just NASCAR. <laughs> well, they don't have anything on there I watch anymore. But back hmm. when it was the Nashville Network. Oh wow! They had uh they had NASCAR racing on. Usually races like Rockingham, North Wilkesboro. You know, not the big races because they didn't have they didn't have it split up through the year like half and half. They had right. the big races on network TV like CBS and ABC. Like Atlanta was on ABC, Daytona was on CBS, Talladega would be on CBS, you know, things like that. And the other races would be dispersed randomly between ESPN and the Nashville network. And once in a while, TBS would get one. Uh, yeah. Usually the Coca-Cola 600 is what TBS got. Oh, usually yeah. TBS got Charlotte. Right. I don't know why they got Charlotte, but usually they got Charlotte. They got the fall and the spring race. But I'm talking about mid nineties now, but um, I guess I'll say that just to, I guess I'm saying all that because I, I kind of felt like that with Ken Squire towards the end of it mm. before once Fox took over Ken Squire wasn't, you know, he was just kind of a, the guy kind of introducing things or capping things off. But he wasn't really the commentary guy anymore. He wasn't the uh, play-by-play guy. That kind of, you know, obviously I got passed off to Daryl Waltrip and Mike. Jordan right. Yeah. And uh, Larry Mack as well. But I kind of get the feeling that Mike Joyce leaning towards that Ken Squire deal. And they're going to have to find a different lead commentator pretty soon. Because his, his energy just ain't there this year. But I yeah absolutely agree. That's that's just what I see. But um, I think we're gonna take a break real quick, and uh, we're gonna keep talking about Fontana just a little bit, and then we're gonna start previewing the upcoming Las Vegas race. Uh, before the break, I do want to mention SkinnyMixes.com real quick. It's a uh, website that you go to, and you can find all different syrups and flavorings for coffee and alcoholic beverages non-alcoholic beverages anything you any type of thing you would want to flavor something of yours that you don't want to add sugar to yeah they have so many options so many different types of things you can get uh even accessories to go along with the bottles that you get like pumps so you get the right amount every single time that you want one two three pumps whatever i use three pumps in coffee so you get the amount of flavoring you want with it. They have flavors like pumpkin, all different types of pumpkin with pumpkin caramel, pumpkin cheesecake. Uh, they have caramel pecan. They have, oh gosh, bourbon pecan, I think mm -hmm. is one that I got. It's just wow. mocha, vanilla, cinnamon roll. There's just so many different flavors. And 
we I, we carry some with us to Disney World when we went every single every single morning our coffee made with that Joffrey's Disney World coffee skinny mixes uh, added to it just just like home except the coffee's better because it's at Joffrey's Disney World coffee <laughs> but anyway if you go to skinnymixes.com check it out look around I'm sure you'll find somebody something you like I'm sorry and if you use the code marbles at checkout you will get 10% off your first order so go to skinnymixes.com check it out check it out the following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, But come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are are a bear. They are. Uh, But yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Have you tried the Coca-Cola Move yet? Coca-Cola Move? Yeah. It's a, the new Coke. It's like this pink and oh, it's a white label if you don't get zero sugar. But it's a Coca-Cola Creations. I'm drinking one right now. Oh, huh. I've never heard of it. It's a uh, Rosea? 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 Yeah, yeah, it's called Move Limited Edition Coca-Cola Rosea. I got the zero sugar version. I think it's Coconut Coke. Oh gosh, it's I like coconut, man. You put oh, coconut man. in any type of drink. I almost feel like I'm gonna put rum in this. I now see I can dig some rum chata, but I for some reason I am not a coconut fan of any of any kind. I'm not a shredded coconut fan or an actual like the actual fruit, but you put coconut flavoring in anything, I'm all with. It. I think I'm, I'm the same way with like cherry. Like I love cherries. I love cherry flavoring or like f- cherry flavoring and drinks and stuff. Maybe I'll go to skinnymixes.com and and get some cherry mix mixes and stuff. But yeah, not a big coconut guy. This tastes like a Coke Zero that you add coconut rum to. Ooh. That's okay. what this tastes like. And at first I thought it tasted really floral. But the more I drink it, the more I'm really convinced it's coconut. Interesting. And I'm all about it. It doesn't tell me what flavor it is. It just says transformation flavored. Hmm. I don't know what transformation flavored is. It's like starlight was supposed to be space flavored. What uh, what color is it? Is it still that brownish? Oh, yeah. It looks like Coke. 
Interesting. Hmm. I'm not sure. I've never even heard of them, so that's pretty that's pretty wild. Well, they're just now coming out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like months ago it was announced. I'm like, I don't no. know. And, and in fact, the Coke store at uh, Disney Springs, because they have a, an entire a Coke store on the bottom bottom half of this building, and top half of the building is a Coke bar. Oh. And a, a few years ago, I was able to get a Surge Mojito there. That, that, that was so cool. Nice. Um, back when Surge was actually still a thing and not just in Burger King. Right. But... Yeah, they had a whole cooler full of these things. And if I thought about it, we got some. But I was like, I can see those everywhere. Just that was a Diet Coke hat I really wanted though. I'm still trying to find that Mountain Dew that you were talking about a couple months ago, like the alcoholic Mountain Dew. Yeah, I went to Florida. Obviously, I went to Florida this past week, and I didn't see it anywhere. Really? I'm wondering if they if they're done. Hmm. Uh, now I've only known it to be in Tennessee and in Florida. Interesting. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's like Mountain Dew Code Red Zero. Apparently, that's only in certain markets. Oh, I didn't even Code Red Zero. Yeah, wow. I'd love to have that. You're right. But it's not here. Not in South Alabama. It's not in Florida either. I checked. I wish they would make a Zero Livewire. Oh man, that's no, let's... that's my favorite Mountain Dew. Yes, over you... like Baja Blast, maybe at Taco Bell, but not in the bottle for sure. But Livewire out of the bottle, that's my favorite Mountain Dew. But they don't make a zero for it, so dang. You know, I gained fifteen pounds over Disney. Hey, you know what? I believe it because I remember how I was bragging about losing 50 some pounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's obviously over because I, I think I've gained like 20 of it back already. So <laughs> you're not the only one, man, Disney, uh, it'll get you. Yeah. It's nothing but carbs and sugar. And, and of course you're going to, you're going to have it, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to go without because that's what they specialize in. Right. You know, it was all the very unique dining that you could do. There was one day I ate two beef wellingtons and seared scallops around Epcot. Like <laughs> That's awesome. I had never had a beef wellington in my life. I don't and, even know what they are. Yeah, you know you ever watch Hell's Kitchen? With Chef Ramsay? Um, Any of Chef Ramsay stuff? I do, but uh what was it? I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. I used to watch Hell's Kitchen a lot. Yeah. Well, that's his signature dish. The beef oh, really? Wellington. That's that beef. Um, I want to say it's a filet, but I'm not 100% sure what cut it is. And it's cooked inside a bun. Oh. So, you know, when it's done, it's cut open and rested on its side. And then you pour the, uh, the sauce over it. And the one I had was really, really good. Interesting. Like, really gourmet. Hmm. Like probably a good forty or fifty dollar meal if you sit down with a real beef Wellington like Chef Ramsay cooks. Right. But this was a really small portion of a beef Wellington for like twelve bucks. Nice. That is it's, it's this uh, Festival of the Arts thing they have at Epcot. We went there on the last day and we were able to get some really unique food. But 
anyway, I figured I'd talk about my Disney trip just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Got back at midnight on Saturday night. That's not and, too bad. Um, went to the mailbox and I had jury duty for next Monday. <gasps> no way. <laughs> so there's that. I got to miss another day of work. Man, I, I, man, I have never been so excited. I think, um, wasn't Drew and Caitlin just talking about this? Mm -hmm. Jury duty? Or maybe it was another podcast. I I don't remember the missing jury duty. Oh, I, now I listened to like 14 different podcasts. So forgive me, but I cannot. I don't remember who it was, but I was listening to a podcast a couple days ago and they were talking about jury duty. And I've always wanted to be selected and I never have yet. I was selected one time. Um, you, now you have to take time off of work to go and you have to, you can't get around right. it and they pay you like $12 a day or something like that. Yeah. So you lose a lot of money doing it. Yeah. And the one time I got selected, they, uh, you know, obviously I'm like, God, I don't want to be here. This is boring. You know, about two and a half hours in. The judge mentioned all these things that would disqualify you from being a juror. And one of them hit me. It oh. was if you, your license says one county, which is the county I'm, it won't hit me this time around. But the, if your license says the county that you got called for, but you are actually physically living in another county, you're not qualified. You need to come up here and see me. Oh, so, man. Boom. That's me. I'm not living in this county no more. I just haven't had my license renewed since. My license still yeah. says the old county, but I'm living in a different county. So I told him the situation. He was like, it's like, okay, let's well, see so what you're going to do. You're going to take this paper. You're going to go to the office window in there and get the little bit of money that you're going to have for, for today. And, you know, it's an excuse basically to get out of jury duty. It's like, cool. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And I felt I, I was trying to play it. I was like, like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to serve or anything like that. And he was like, hey, whatever. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But this time around, I don't have that excuse because I'm actually living in the county I got called for. So maybe I'll just be a weirdo and not get picked. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I, just like tell them to like mail it to me. I'll take the 12 bucks and I'll drive the whole way too. I've always wanted to do that. Like and I'm pretty sure it was Drew and Caitlin uh, that was talking about that. But like, man, I I don't know why I've just been super fascinated with all that stuff, and I would love I would love jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> did uh did you ever have a high school trip to a courthouse? Uh not that I remember. But there's not a lot from high school that I do remember, so I'm not quite sure. My senior year, we went to the same courthouse that I went to for jury duty and the one I'm going to go to this time. Oh. And it was all of the students from my high school and then one or two other high schools in the, in the county. Hmm. We made up the audience, and they actually randomly picked people out of the audience, uh, high school kids, to be a jury Oh, on an actual case like a real case really and i i guess they had to agree with it to i mean i don't know if they had a say in it or not but 
I don't, they didn't they didn't call for a mistrial or anything since a bunch of high school students were going to determine whether you're going to jail or not. Oh my gosh, I would be terrified. Wow. But yeah, it was a well, I remember because one of my friends actually got selected. Oh no. So he had he he was telling us about it after the fact. It was this uh this older lady and she was selling uh she wasn't she the, the argument was that it was for personal consumption and not to sell. Mm. But she was growing marijuana. Nice, Granny. And <laughs> sorry, that was the <laughs> argument. The argument was from their lawyer that it was for pers personal consumption, not to sell. Okay. And the charges were, you know, selling and distributing marijuana. Mm. So, you know, they they listened to everything and they went in the back and they looked at the evidence themselves. The high schoolers looked at this table full of marijuana marijuana plants. Oh, oh man! Right out. It's like loaded, loaded down with marijuana. Heavy. Come out and found her guilty. Oh no! And the 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 lawyer actually said um, he wants every juror. I forgot how he worded it, like the exact word or wording of it. But he wanted every juror to one by one announce their verdict. Oh, so my every goodness. single high school student had to get up and say. Guilty, guilty, oh. guilty, guilty. Every single one of them did. Oh no! And he was telling us about it after the fact because, of course, my high school got all up in arms and said it was, you know, racist or something. I don't know. My high mm. school was acting like a bunch of crazy people. Was like, guys, the jury it all unanimously said that she's guilty. Can we quit embarrassing ourselves? My high school was the only one acting this way. Right. I mean, I bet Granny didn't even care because she was so lit. She's like, whatever, man. That's she only looked to be about sixty-five. Yeah. Hey, party on. I get it. Um, but like, God, they got hounded. That jury got hounded after the fact with, with my high school. Like the other two high schools, they didn't they didn't make a big deal about it. But my high right. school decided they were offended by the fact that this lady got guilty, you know. It was like oh like what in the world. And my friend was talking about it with a bunch of us, and he was like, There's no denying she was trying to sell it. There was so much. <sighs> Right. The table wow. was piled full of this right. stuff. You're not going to save it. It's going to go bad. You know, I mean, it's going to rot away. You can't save this much. Grandma's like, like don't, don't hate the player, hit the game, bro. It's, he <laughs> said it was so obvious that it was being sold because of just the sheer quantity of it all. Mm. But there's no way you could get around it. Yeah. So it ain't like they were, they were stupid and just trying to send this poor old woman to jail. Mm. You know, but anyway, I didn't know if you had any high school experience like that or not. No, I think uh, when I was a senior, I was nominated and I ended up winning my uh, high school homecoming king. And we did a little bit of media for that. Actually, we were uh, if maybe I don't know. I don't remember if this was a true story or if I just made it up um, <laughs> or it could be a true story that I just made up. But I remember going to the uh, radio station and um talking about homecoming and how it's going to be so much fun and how, you know, uh, we were going to play our rivals for the homecoming game and all that stuff. And everybody that was nominated for homecoming King was on the basketball team except me. So uh, it was very interesting. Uh, but I've asked several people since then, cause that was, you know, 11 years ago. And I've asked other people, and because I, in my own diseased mind, I, I remember everybody being there, everybody that was, you know, the queen candidates, the king candidates, and nobody remembers that. 
So I'm like, did that actually just happen? <laughs> you know, or like, what's going on? But yeah, that's no, we didn't do much. But then again, our courthouse is only about a block away from our high school. So we might have done something like that. I just don't really remember. It's so weird how different states have different things they do. Oh, yeah. Like that. I mean, they got everybody, every school in the county, every high school in the county went to that one court session that one particular day. It's just so <laughs> random. Wild. Anyway, um, let me get back to Fontana just for a little bit. Okay. Uh, I ended up playing. I know Drew mentioned it this past week about him betting the 48 car to yeah. uh, win the race. And I was like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I did mention that I wouldn't bet a single car mm. like that, but he's like, it was $10 and like a free $10 that he bet on it would have paid like $300 or something like that. So I, I get it. Yeah. You know, and you never know with these things. It could turn out great. And, you know, I'm sure whoever bet Stenhouse to win the 500 is rolling in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't imagine he had a low betting line. Yeah. But, like I said, I, I tend to do lineups instead. And McDowell, he decided he was going to stay out. He just wasn't going to pit anymore. He was just going to stay out on the racetrack the rest of the way. Yeah. And did he end up pitting for fuel? I think he ended up coming in for a splash to go near the end, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, but he was still only like 12th. Yeah. Or something like that. So he wound up making up a good little bit of spots. But while he wasn't pitting, this one lineup I had that had him in it, it all of a sudden jumped into the, like the top 75 of this um, 10,000-person event. Oh, man. So I was at one point, I was winning 300 bucks. Nice. I was like, man, I, I think I'll finish this way, but that'd be nice. you know. And then I saw it drop to like 250 and 200 oh. and 100 and... Eventually, I just went up winning like twenty bucks total on that's it. That's not too but, bad. Yeah, I mean, I can play the next couple of weeks with it, so that's that's fine. I only tend to play about ten bucks a week. But yeah, absolutely. Yes, you never know. You never know because that's a twenty thousand dollar to win game that that one yeah. is happening in. And Man. I have been first on those twenty thousand dollar to win games. I have been first in two separate events. Oh man! And one of them was a Dover race a couple years ago where I had the lead throughout over half that race. Like my, my name was by $20,000 solely by itself oh. over half that race. Oh, man. And Kurt Bush was in my lineup and he came down pit road, the last set of pit stops and he lost six spots on pit road. Mm -hmm. And that did it. That's the only thing that changed. Oh man. And I, I wound up finishing 12th, I think, and I won 300 bucks. Dang. But I was there. I mean, I, I had it screenshotted so many times because every 15, 20 laps, I was screenshotting. It's like, look at this. Look at this. I'm still first. I'm still first. I'm still first. He's like, it's going crazy because it's 20 grand. Right. You know, but oh well. It happened one day. If I played enough, I, I think I'm decent enough at it. It'll happen one day. Heck yeah. You're going to see me brag. Yeah. Brag bit time. Right. Like this dude winning $20,000 on a $4 bet. Hey, I would be bragging too. No joke. 
Uh, I was trying to think of what else there was to talk about. They, um, I do have one thing to mention. Nothing's changed since last year. Nothing. When it comes to these commentators mm -hmm. ragging on Ross Chastain for being aggressive. I was. <laughs> you knew I, I was good. You know, I was talking about that, didn't you? 100%. Like, all I heard was nothing's changed. And I said nothing because <laughs> I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> like, he's the only one out there putting people in spots where they're not going to pass them. Right. It ain't like he's running people into the wall. Other people were doing that, and he wasn't. Clint Boyer wasn't ragging on them for running somebody into the wall. He would just say, oh, it's just a racing deal. They run out of room. But Chastain puts Logano in the spot where, you know, he's not touching the wall, but he's put him in a spot where he's not going to get by him. You know, you put him in a spot where it's going to upset the car so you can get by him. That's all racing is. That's all racing is nowadays. It's yeah. all aero. Right. You get your bumper in just the right spot where it's going to loosen up their car or you get beside them to where it's going to slow their car down and it's going to speed your car up in the process. That's yeah. all that's all racing is right now. You know, it's just especially at these tracks here you go 200 miles an hour or 190 I guess in the corners right now entering the corners I think you go 192. Mm -hmm. I think I heard that was about the top speed in yeah. the Cup series. Xfinity was 194 by the way. But anyway, it's something when the cup drivers aren't going as fast as Xfinity. Yeah. As I, fast I never as liked that. Yeah, they were going as fast as Xfinity Wi-Fi. <laughs> 10G. 10G. I heard that it, uh, that mobile Wi-Fi like that, uh, when you use a mobile company for Wi-Fi, home Wi-Fi, hmm. it takes it off of the cellular network. So oh. it slows down when there's more people using the cellular network. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like Verizon oh, home internet, like mm -hmm. a stupid commercial with uh, John Travolta singing with the scrubs yeah. guys. Yeah. I love that. commercial. I, I cringe every time I see that commercial. Really? Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, <laughs> but I'm a big mark for greece i love that movie oh i like greece too uh not i mean not the movie greece too i like greece also nobody likes greece too i've never seen greece two or that's, three or yeah, four don't don't it's that's a waste of time yeah but that's why nobody can nobody sings any songs from greece too i can't <laughs> right. name one song from greece too I mean, I haven't even seen it, so like, I don't even care to. But I remember when, actually, when I was younger, I was in high school, and we had something to do. I don't know, some dress up. It was like Spirit Week or something, and I went as uh, Danny Zuko literally <laughs> for a week straight. I did the hair. I did the curl. I did the leather jacket, and we printed off a T-Birds logo, and I, I had it uh, clear scotch taped to the back of my leather jacket. Oh man, I was living like a king for those days. Oh yeah. Did you ever own one of the Switchblade combs? No. No, I did not. I do now, actually. Yeah, I have one. I, I don't have one now, but I used to have one in high school. Oh, uh, I so ooh. cool. So <laughs> just flipped a little bit. I mean, I have an actual Switchblade too. But uh, yeah. But um yeah, so cool just to press that little button on this knife. And there's a comb. Yes. Just like, I just love like it. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, I was I was like that too. Uh, old catalog when I was a kid. I don't know if it's still around. Or not called the Bud K catalog. Hmm. I ordered all that kind of stuff, fantasy daggers and weird like lighters and you know the switchblade comb. All that crazy stuff was in there. I still have one of my fancy daggers from way back in the day. That's awesome. Yeah. I was actually about making that a tattoo. That dagger. It's a really cool looking dagger. Look it up. Oh. Um, look it up whenever you get a chance. It's called the Isis dagger. It's um, the like, Egyptian goddess of fertility. You said Isis? Like yeah. the bad people that... Well, no. I'm talking about Isis, the Egyptian goddess of fertility. Oh. Not, <laughs> not the you know evil organization oh <laughs> yeah this was this was made before i think that was a thing ISIS. You, said, you said isis egyptian god what'd you say if you type in isis dagger oh you dagger. should see it because i've typed in isis dagger before and it's popped right up it's this really cool dagger it's got a lot of oh. really uh jagged blades yeah, I see down that. the side, and it's got this uh, the handles like kind of like a snakeskin looking handle. Yeah, interesting. And it's got that uh, the goddess, uh, wom the woman's head mm. at the end of it. I have that yeah. dagger; it's hanging on my wall. That is really cool. It's sharp. Is, oh my I gosh, like the points are so sharp. I feel like that's a very Kansas thing. I feel like I've seen <laughs> those like so often. That's weird. That's I always awesome, felt though. like if you actually as morbid as it sounds, because I would never actually do it unless you know somebody's trying to break in my house or whatever. <laughs> right. I feel like if you actually stab somebody with this dagger, mm -hmm. you would pull out something. With yeah, it, because this the dagger is nasty looking. Mm-hmm. The actual blades of it aren't sharp, but the tips are extremely sharp. The points yeah. of it, because there's like six or eight points on it. You know, so it's anyway, no, I got into that, but I guess the switch, <laughs> like home is, <laughs> but I have that dagger on the wall and I was thinking about seeing if I could get that maybe drawn up hmm. and make that some kind of like a back tattoo or something. I don't know, but cool. Yeah. Or, or you could Brock Lesnar it and just put it on your stomach and your chest throat area. Well, I wouldn't do that anyway. I mean, my stomach ain't quite Brock Lesnar's stomach. Even though Brock Lesnar's stomach ain't quite Brock Lesnar's stomach anymore either, but yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna talk too bad about Brock Lesnar though. Yeah, Goodness he could do kind of what whatever he wants. Yeah, you know, he can live his best life. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up one more thing about the race. Uh, mm. I guess real quick, um, is there anything of note to talk about that big pileup that happened? On the first yeah. fairway during the uh, restart. Yeah, like, so Joey Logano was uh, in control of that caution or uh, the restart zone. And what NASCAR has done this season to every racetrack is they've uh, added length to the restart zone. So uh, normally, you know, you have between point A and point B to start accelerating if you are the leader kind of giving you a little bit of a head start um i think now i've seen like the data that you know bob pockers is at uh, has posted on um twitter about this whole situation seeing if joey is accelerating and then like brake checking or coming you know uh 
just letting his foot off the accelerator or something, kind of getting them stacked up. I think what he's doing, and a lot of drivers will say that they they try to listen, and as soon as they hear the accelerator go, that's when they jump on it and they go too, trying to you know obviously get the maximize the best uh, quality of restart that they can. And I think what Joey does is I think he'll make he'll just press the accelerator enough just to make it sound like he's going mm-hmm. but in actuality he's not and you know so then denny hamlin who was you know second he hears the accelerator so he goes and then he realizes oh wait a minute i have to let off the the gas because he cannot beat joey Logano to that start finish line on a restart so now you know denny has to let off and then that stacks everybody up behind him. I don't know what's going on, but it seems like it only it's only a problem when Logano is coming <laughs> to the coming to the restart. I noticed that it broke a lot of cars. Yes. There's uh, no reason why a crash at 60 miles an hour should put three cars out of the race. Yeah, it was uh, I think it was a total of 10 cars. Um got involved with that wreck which was actually a uh history making uh incident because it's the biggest wreck at the 2.5 oval at auto club they um these cars are so fragile super it's it's a joke how fragile these cars are you just i guess there's no reason why three or four cars however i know three for a fact there's no reason why three cars need to go to the garage and out of the race for a crash at 60 miles an hour. Right. And you're going to, the listeners, you're going to hear the word toe link a lot. Yeah. Every one of them, that was a the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, broke the toe link. We can't fix it in 10 minutes. Go back to the garage. We're out. Yep. <sighs> That's crazy. exactly right, too. So stupid. You figure by now they would have fixed all that mess, but you would hope. Um, real quick, I don't know if it, it's not going to matter or not going to really mean anything in the, in the, on the, as far as like comparing it to cup, but I used to have a thing I did whenever I was leading a restart mm. or leading a start down because like we had, we had restart zones, you know, like, uh, on the start itself, it was the flagman that did it. So we would just mm, yeah. all go at the green. But on the restarts, whenever I would lead them, I I had exactly what I wanted to do. I had second gear, and I kept it at 3,000 RPM. The entire pace laps under caution. I never wavered off of that, unless really? I was trying to ma- maybe uh, heat up the right front tire. Okay. You know, because I was front-wheel drive. So, yeah. If I heated up the right front tire a little bit, maybe it would grip a little better and turn one on the start. So I would mm. like spin it out and brake and spin out and brake, you know, just kind of, you know, a little bit like that when we were single file on the restarts and stuff. Because this is before everybody just went to double file everything. Right. Because um, this is what I'm talking about 07 or so. Uh, in fact, I posted a couple of, I, I showed you a video and I co- posted a video on Facebook for one of my yeah. heat races from 2007. Uh, one I talked about a little bit ago when uh, my friend's steering wheel actually came off in his hand on the last lap. I oh, had that yeah. video, and it's there. 
on the Facebook page on in the Marvel's wow. Facebook page. But what I would do the entire caution because nobody else did this. A lot of times people would start going faster and faster and faster and faster as they were going on that last lap or they right. would probably like gun it and stop gun it and stop. You know, they would just, they would always be messing with the throttle and eventually it, some of them carried around so much momentum that I was almost full speed when I come through turn four before with the green flag would come out. Oh man. And I always hated that. Yeah. My car has such better takeoff than everybody else's at a lower gear. So I kept it 3000 RPM. I never wavered on it. I kept it the exact same speed all the way around the entire pace laps. Mm -hmm. That last lap, I did that 3000 RPM second gear all the way around. And then out of nowhere, gunned it. And nobody Man. was ready for it. As I gun it in a different place every time. I'm the one that, that, that takes when the, when the green comes out. Right. So I would never waver the throttle. I wouldn't give anybody any hints that I was about to do it. Like I wouldn't slowly be accelerating, slowly be accelerating, and then go because then they would know I'm about to go because I'm slowly accelerating. And you can't jackrabbit the start. That's right. the rules. That's yeah. like when you when you punch it and let off mm -hmm. to make everybody slam on brakes behind you, and then you take off when they slam on brakes. That's yeah. that's against the rules. That's called jackrabbiting the start. Which is what NASCAR fans are say, claiming that Joey Logano did this past weekend at Fontana, when in yeah. actuality he did not. Yeah, uh, and 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 of course they blame Chastain on that. Do you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course they did. Wasn't Logano? It was Chastain being. Uh, too aggressive on the start and it stacked everybody up behind him. I was like, what? Shut up. <laughs> My guys, Chastain can't do anything without somebody blaming him for something. It's the craziest thing, but he finished third. And he did. speaking of Chastain, before I go into it, uh, you want to do a quick, have you got your info uh, to do a quick rundown of the end of Marvel's Fantasy Cup point standings? I actually do, yeah. So like I said earlier, congratulations to RJ, Matt, Justin, and myself for, and that sounds so conceited. Well, and congratulations, myself, Ethan. Thank you. Um, yeah. For winning with Kyle Busch as our hey, picks. You know it's hard because me and you both did it once last year. Yes. I did it's, the first race and you did it like, with three races to go. Yeah, it's not. Oh, my goodness. It's not easy. But at the same mm -hmm. time, that's what makes it so fun is because, you know, norm, normal uh, ball and stick sports, you know, you have one versus one. You have 50 for, yeah. a 50 percent chance. In NASCAR, you have four, 39 other competitors. So 39 other opportunities and other drivers. So it's uh, when you a get a million that, variables. Yes, and like when you get that win, it's oh my gosh, it's magical, you know. And like to a point where I get the diecast cars, and I'm having my own display case, and uh, you know, just for that. But um, yeah, so RJ, Matt, and Justin, congratulations, guys! You guys won uh, first time winners in the in the Marbles Fantasy Cup, so that's really cool. Uh, the point standings is pretty interesting. We have a, a two way tie for first place with RJ and Justin. Both picking Joey Logano for the 500, both picking Kyle Busch for Fontana. Uh, spoke with RJ a little bit. He said he's going to go a little bit more off the wall for Vegas. So mm -hmm. I'm sure we're going to start getting a little bit of an idea of who uh, the front runner is. But RJ and Justin both tied for first with 95 points. Billy has 76 points. I have 
75 points. John Brown has 75 uh, points as well, tied with fourth with me. You, Soda, have 73 points. Matt has 66 points. Jessica, 62 points. Drew, 58 points. Josh, 47 points. Brandy, 43 points. Caitlin, 39 points. Our newcomer, Rock, he has 37 points. Uh, picking Brad Kozlowski, who finished seventh, just like you. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Joe has 36 points, and Tim has 15 points. So uh, it's still really early in the season. So um, do you have any sort of uh, any idea of who you're going to pick for Vegas? Oh, I 100% do. Yeah. I, I, I've got my guy already, and I can, I'll say it here. I don't care. But, um, yeah. As far as the as far as the actual cup goes, the fantasy cup, mm-hmm. you uh, you really see how important winning or oh. at least finishing in the top three or four oh, yeah. is with the point standings because you didn't have a good Daytona five hundred, right? But then all of a sudden you got to win. Yes, and it jumped you up ahead of me. I I've went got from two top tens. Yeah, I went from tenth in the point standings all the way to fourth mm-hmm. with with that win with with that one, you know, pick. Yeah, for sure. So, like you said, it's a long season. Yes. Anybody down towards the back of it, don't give up. Not at all, because you could all of a sudden pick a couple winners like that. Yep. And get max points, and then somebody up front have one of these top guys that they have an injury problem like Kyle Larson. Yeah. I mean, who'd have thought Kyle Larson would have been the person to finish last? Exactly. Yeah. It, you never know. And if I, it's one of these tracks that like a bunch of people, I think he finished last, didn't he? Uh, uh No, he finished 29th. Oh, okay. So he got back out there. Yeah. I believe Kyle Larson. Okay. Yeah. 29th. But it looked like he was going to finish last. It, yeah, he was the first I, one on pit road, wasn't he, with an engine problem? Yeah, actually, uh, Caitlin's pick. I'm sorry. Let's say Josh and Tim both chose Kyle Larson, hoping for a good day, finishing 29th. Uh, surprisingly, Caitlin's pick, Christopher Bell, had the lowest finish of 32nd, mm. and Joe also picked uh, Christopher Bell. Yeah, you just you never know how these things going to turn out. That's I think that's why. I, I just oh I'm having so much fun with it. I really truly am. It's been super fun so far. You can uh you can see it too when I love that I love that what we're doing has got people interested in it that maybe haven't been interested in it before. Yeah. And also has them like like the way Drew was talking about, they made snacks, they sat down and they watched the whole Daytona five hundred and following their drivers along. And it's just, it's cool that we're kind of bringing that in a little bit. I would hope so, man. I I just feel like NASCAR is just like such an underrated sport that people just kind of hillbillies and rednecks, you know, you just turn left and it's so much more than that. It's, I mean, it's way more than that. So bringing a little bit of, you know, shining a little bit of a spotlight just in between the, you know, if it's just the Vinsels, you know, doing that, hey, that's really cool because that's at least one more person, you know, for the viewership and stuff. And I don't know. I just, it's, 
<sighs> it makes me proud. <laughs> the uh, trophy is ordered. Oh, awesome. The uh, As far as like the actual championship trophy, mm. it's not going to have somebody's name on it. You want to talk about spelling your name on it and stuff like yeah. that. No, it's going to say 2023 <laughs> in the Marbles Fantasy Cup champion. Yeah. Okay, that's what Perfect. Trophy's going to say. Yeah. So I can have it in hand and show it, you know, at least by mid-season, I hope. Hey, this mm. is what you're going to win. Uh, I did show a proof of it, but then when I went to, or I'm just full disclosure here, I went to order that from that company that I showed the proof of. Yeah. And literally everything I picked on that trophy was out of stock. Oh, no. I was like, okay, well, let me find another place that has a similar style trophy because I didn't want something like small, like a little cup or mm. a little checker flag. or something. I didn't want the little small six-inch trophy or something. I yeah. wanted a big – this is the one I got is 19 inches. Oh, wow. It's uh, a double-decker trophy, uh, double-column trophy, and it looks like something I would have won at the dirt track. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I thought that would be neat for somebody to have like a literal dirt track racing trophy on their shelf. And it comes from our fantasy cup. Like I didn't want to like a NASCAR trophy stylized Mm -hmm. or glass, like, or a plaque or something. I didn't want to look like that. I wanted to look like something you went at the dirt track. Absolutely. Thought that would be fun because you don't see that kind of stuff like out there with these things. You see, these cup style things and it's just it looks too polished it's a little overrated i think yeah and uh it's gonna be very similar to what i proved Uh, a couple things a little different some colors changes but it's going it's going to be have that red look to it but it's going to have some color changes it's not going to have as much gold yeah um like the top column i think the other one was gold uh it's not going to have that i think it's going to be a like a black Black yeah. with red and gold. And it's going to have the uh, a NASCAR stock car on top of it, and it's going to have uh, like a red holographic look to it instead of red lightning. I wish yes. I could have got that red lightning on the white. It looks so good. Maybe, mm-hmm. but maybe next time we do it, it'll be back in stock, and I can get that. And I'll tell you what, um, it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, what it looks like. It's just kind of. It really depends on like, not depends, but it's really just the symbolic nature of it. And plus, it's going to look fantastic on my trophy shelf (laughs) uh, right next to the 2022 championship. And then at that point, I would be the only two-time champ. So I don't know this this Drewy two-time thing. I I don't know if you keep on hearing that. It's like a gnat at your picnic. It just won't go away. Um, This whole Drewy two-time thing, it just doesn't really work here because... You know, he was saying that I was talking smack and I really wasn't. I was just speaking truth into existence. So, um, yeah, so it's going to look great on my trophy shelf. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, I'm very excited about it. But speaking of fantasy, you said that you have your pick already. Are you going to elaborate on that? Do you want to share what your pick is? Yeah, I can go ahead and say it. Um, Okay. Because I'm tired of not picking my favorite driver. Oh, there you go. You know, you picked your favorite driver twice in a row. Now you can only do it one more time. Yeah. You better be thinking about is Las Vegas the place that you want to pick Kyle Bush? 
which is not a bad place to pick Kyle Busch. I, I'll tell you what. If you say your driver, I'll say mine. After you, obviously. I'm going to go with a guy that's got two straight top ten finishes, and he finished third this week. Ross Chastain. Mm. Ross Chastain. Trackhouse is on a roll, and I know that he's really good on mile and a half. So All right. I'm, I'm going to roll with it. Noted. I got it written down, can't, locked in, can't change it. And you know what? I can't change it all the way up until Sunday. Well, that's uh, Yeah, that's true. I guess. <laughs> um, I'm not going to change mine. So my pick to win Las Vegas is none other than Kyle Busch. Wow. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, I'm, so, I'm super excited. Yeah, three times in a row, man. We are, we're rolling. We're, you know what? Here at Jayski's uh, website, I read something that kind of clarified it right before we started uh, recording. It says Kyle Bush favored to win Pennzoil 400. So I am uh, I'm all in at Vegas. Well, he's had a legit shot to win every single race he's entered this year. Yes, sir. The Clash, the uh, Daytona 500. He actually led lap 200. And um, yeah. Just straight up won the the California race, so I I don't I don't see right now since one's a short track, one's a super speedway, one's a handling heavy two mile super speed or speedway. Yeah, I don't see a type of track that he's not going to be fast at. And you know that car is already fast on road courses. They got two road courses win road courses yeah. last year. You know, so I I don't see a place he's not going to be competitive at. Yeah, this is the uh, absolute resurgence of Kyle Busch, and I if I would be I don't know I if I was a NASCAR Cup Series driver currently, I would be very very scared for sure. I will say that I feel like you've already abandoned uh, the lineup that you had set uh, last year that she said you were not going to. <clears throat> waver off of i definitely have made some tweaks <laughs> but not tweaks. a lot of um a lot of them are still the same obviously i had uh kyle bush uh slotted for the 500 i had him slotted for auto club um i wasn't going with him initially but honestly it's only been uh i have only switched kyle bush uh, this week with somebody else and that's the only tweak i've i've done so far so everything else after this is kind of what I've had planned for since last, uh, since like what the Roval of last season. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, I don't blame you. Uh, ride that momentum with Kyle Bush as long as he's got that momentum because yes. you, you know how the sport is. You know, yeah. you could be riding high at the beginning of the year and about six races in, some people start to catch up and then they yep. have the momentum and then you're playing catch up about the time the chase starts. You know, so you know, you know how this this race, this season, the seasons go in NASCAR. They kind of, you know, people come and go. Absolutely. So, yeah, you, know, you never know. One one of these Hendrick guys might kind of spout off three or four in a row. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that, that can easily happen. And you know, Very. like Logano's going to be fast every week because he's second in points, one point behind Chastain. So you never know how it's going to work out. Uh, yep. Real quick before we get out of here, any final thoughts on the last race at the two mile Fontana? 
Uh, I will go on the I'll go on the edge and I will say this past weekend's race at Fontana for the NASCAR Cup Series was the most fun race I have ever watched on TV. I don't know about that. I just because you got one. <laughs> well, no, it's I literally like it was so much fun watching the very, very, very top right next to the wall, middle. I do like you know, that. Like apron. I mean, oh man, I I'm so upset that uh we're not gonna have that racetrack anymore. I that racetrack was what 30 years old never repaved type of thing and it was beautiful it was very very challenging it was a lot of fun to watch as a fan uh sellout crowd i mean i just wish that that sellout crowd would have happened five years ago four years ago three years ago two years ago last year but it didn't and then it wasn't until they announced that they were going to take the 2.5 mile is it 2.5 it's two. Oh, it's two. Yeah. So, you know, the two mile racetrack and shrink it down to a short track, which I don't even, I'm not even convinced they're even doing that, to be honest it, with you. It kind of sounds like they're going back and forth whether or not they're going to do it. Which it does. is super sad because it's like, man, that's, but they also sold that land for what was it, $544 million. So half a billion yeah. with a B. Yeah, that's okay. I would have probably done the same thing, that, honestly. That, that is exactly why they're doing it absolutely because yeah. that short track is going to take a, a lot less space than a two mile racetrack and all that land just got sold to businesses but i don't see how it's feasible because i was listening to dale jr download right before we started recording and they only have like um oh man i'm i forgot the 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 word for the measurement not like feet not yards but like uh acres acres um so they only have after selling all that land they only have 90 acres to work with martinsville is over 300 acres well it, like parking lot and the track and all that stuff like man i think they're talking about holding 30,000 fans which is Okay, it's decent. That's totally fine. Kind of makes it a little bit more um like those tickets a little bit harder to to get. So it makes it kind of feel more of a big special deal, which I'm okay with, but man. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that deal at Daytona, right? When when it was booming, they had the they had the entire front straightaway and the entire back straightaway full yeah. grandstands, but then the economy crashed a little bit and they were not selling out all of it. And it was looking bad on TV. Right. So they just tore down the entire back straightaway. Now there's nothing back there except the airport, which I always mm -hmm. like that better. Anyway, you could occasionally see planes land. Yeah. Which the NASCAR stock cars were outrunning the planes, by the way, yeah. I saw that in person. Yeah. <laughs> when planes were taken off mm -hmm. the uh, NASCAR, I keep trying to say stock cars. For your benefit, oh, the NASCAR totally stock fine. cars were uh, running their 185 mile an hour draft faster than the plane was taking off. Yeah, so that was fun. Right, all you do is turn left. Get out of here, <laughs> Get out of here with that. 
<laughs> Come on. Well, looking forward to Las Vegas this week. I think you got the right idea of picking Kyle Bush. I just Absolutely. I'm I'm tired of not picking my guy. Yeah. I, I mean I'm, I'll pick Kyle Bush at Bristol this year. Like yeah. the fall race at Bristol. Probably not the dirt race, even though he won it last year. He kind of lucked into that one. Honestly. Yeah. Like he was running good, but he lucked into the win. Spoiler alert, I will not be choosing Kyle Bush for the Bristol yes night race or or the dirt race so um yeah so it's gonna be interesting i might keep kyle bush for the road courses at tyler reddick one last year Ooh, that's a i, I think like that. that's a good smart pick yeah by the way who won this race last spring you remember between you and i or no did the, the actual nascar race who won the las vegas race last spring uh vegas Drew should take note because he picked him for Daytona. Alex Bowman won. Oh, did he? Yeah, he beat Kyle Larson. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yep. He beat Kyle Larson. And I nice. think the fall race was the one where Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace got into it. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. I think that was Vegas, too. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. So yeah. Vegas uh been a little eventful. Yes, it has. And I'm sure it will be again this season. And don't forget, it is triple header. So with that being said, uh, NASCAR uh, camping world, NASCAR. Uh, my goodness. What is Go it? Old Craft school. Old NASCAR, school. <laughs> NASCAR Craftsman there Truck Series will be roaring back to Las Vegas Motor Speedway Friday, March 3rd at 8 p.m on fsn i'm sorry fsn wow <laughs> fs1 rather uh it'll be the next day it'll be march 4th saturday at 3 30 p.m on fs1 uh xfinity will be racing at las vegas as well as sunday let me get it right up in front of me uh march 5th 2 30 p.m on fox nascar nascar <laughs> world why is it nascar camping world nascar cup series will be at las vegas so uh check all that out fox needs to bring some 4k nascar races back direct tv i used to always like the fox races mm. because they're the only ones that would bring 4k on when they were broadcasting on fox you know direct tv's got these 4k channels i subscribe to it with the 4k and everything nascar looks amazing in 4k Mm. I haven't the Daytona 500 wasn't even 4K this year. Oh wow! And it's so aggravating. Like I wasn't here to watch it, but I was going to record it. You know, I was yeah. going to watch it later. But none of the races have been 4K this year, and it's really ticking me off. Like the Super Bowl was 4K. You know, like I don't know. They need to get back on that because it looks so good. It's so yeah. bright, especially a good sunny day. When oh, the yeah. paint jobs are really, really shining because all that fluorescent uh, decals and stuff that they use, that they right. really, really pop on a good sunny day in 4K. It's And that's another thing, too. If you ever go to one of these tracks and you see these paint, paint schemes in person, mm -hmm. it looks completely different than it does on TV. Uh, absolutely, completely different. They look 3D. They're so bright. Yes. In person. I mean, obviously, it's 3D in person, but... You know what I mean? They look like they're popping off the car. Like every every color is popping off the car 
And on TV, I mean, it looks good in HD and looks great in 4K, but something is different about seeing these colors in person. Something just, I don't know. It's just something about it. It it blew me away the first time I really noticed it when they started using these real fluorescent colors. Mm -hmm. Uh, When my first race, they didn't really do that a lot. It was like 95. Right. wasn't a whole lot of those real fluorescent colors. But later on in the 2000s and 10s and stuff, they were using these real fluorescent colors. And man, they look amazing in person. But yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, get on out of here. Let's go through the uh, podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, I want you to check out the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, Scott Side Project, the Drunk Wrestling History Podcast. Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, the Art of... Uh, on Twitter, at The Art of Jason Wolf. He has a uh, podcast, Howling with the Wolf. Check him mm-hmm. out. And his Chop Shop also on Twitter. Uh, also, a Disney World podcast I listen to, Magic and the Mouse. They don't they don't post all the time, but you know, whenever they do, I tend to uh, listen to that a little bit. And I'm not stealing your thunder or anything because you can mention them whenever you want to in your lineup. But uh, did you happen to check out who's back this week? I did. Mm-hmm. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> I sure did. I cannot believe it. Go ahead. Who you got? Oh, man. I'm so excited. As always, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Shop banemusic.com for all of Bane's new merch. Uh, go listen to the archives of You Know It's Fake Right with Brian Breaker. Uh, debuted episode number. I said debuted episode two. Uh, episode two of Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross came out this past Saturday talking all things breakfast cereal. So that's pretty interesting tb toy cast with brian breaker and travis fowler no holds barred with the legend bill Venus himself uh, a lot of a lot of um hidden gems in that last part of that episode uh so i'm really interested to see what zelly and 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 uh bill Venus have up their sleeves and hopefully uh bane won't be such a a, a butt munch uh, this season, but uh, go check out No Holds Barred with Bill Benis. Real, you heard that real quick. But, uh, did you happen to see the uh picture I posted on in the Marbles Twitter account from Daytona where uh, I asked if that was Bill Benis? Oh, I don't know if I did. I don't think Bill saw it either. I, I tagged him in it, but I don't think he, he saw it. it. I saw these two two guys that were in these uh overall onesie looking things that were red, white, and blue stripes, like American flag. Yeah. Like shorts, overall onesies, right? And one yeah. of them had the craziest, biggest mullet. Oh. I tagged him in it, Bill Benis. I was like, is this you? Did you come to Daytona? Because I swear, yeah. if I had not, if I wasn't positive, I would have swore that was Bill Benis. But he has uh, he has to do in what's that word incognito incognito <laughs> uh, because he's so famous and he'd get mobbed uh, because of his legendary status that Bill be, uh, that that big underscore Bane just doesn't quite understand uh, and doesn't I don't feel like he respects it very much and I just I have a problem with that but I, you know <laughs> Bill Benis he's a he's a veteran you know he knows how to do that bionic, bionic uh, backhand so I'm waiting for it. 
But uh, Ian, go ahead, continue. Yeah, I'm actually wearing their shirt right now. The the we're live, pal. Uh, you heard their commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin with cameos from Rocco and Cole every once in a while. And just like Tales from the Tales from the Estate, you also heard pulling up a chair commercial uh, with our friend Tim at a chair shot. Go check out that podcast, Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Jordan. Uh, they're killing it over there, so that's pretty cool. Reffing it up with Brian Hebner drops every Thursday. Just um, actually RJ from the In the Marbles Fantasy Cup. He's the producer, so go check that out. Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR, has a podcast called Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast. And that is all I got. That Ross Chastain diecast is coming up soon. Yes, sir. I, I saw a little preview of that. You know, I, I don't think I got the 124 scale. I think I just got 164 scale, but it's uh, it's coming. Ooh, maybe coming uh, close. maybe if you're interested in that 124 scale race version, you should stick around <laughs> to be to to be continued. Dot um, dot dot. All right. <laughs> Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. If you would, please rate and review us and uh, follow us on all the social media accounts. Twitter and Instagram is at In the Marbles Pod. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Uh, you can also find the uh, Fantasy Cup Facebook page as well. Um, I what's, what's technically is that called? Just In the Marbles Fantasy Cup? Uh, yeah. It's got the same picture as yep. the... Uh, as the uh, in the marbles soda and Ethan Facebook page does, except it's black, but same picture. And um, also, you can email the show anything you want to questions, comments, whatever at in the marbles pod at gmail.com. And if you go to watermaneuver.net, search the uh, click, click, oh my goodness, click the search by store tab in the top left corner, scroll down to in the marbles, and you can see our t shirts, which uh, eventually I'll post one of those up for a win on the next big race we come to. Yeah. It might be Atlanta. Ooh. I mean, that's not that far away. Yeah. It's two weeks away. So it might, you know, maybe, maybe Atlanta will be the next uh, t-shirt win, or unless you want to do a die cast win, whichever. Yeah, maybe Atlanta will be the next prize win. Heck yeah. Cause I, I've always liked Atlanta. I probably like it a little less now, mm -hmm. but I've always liked Atlanta. I do if, too. Absolutely. If, if I wasn't working, I'd probably actually make it a point to try to go to it because it's three and a half hours away from me. So, Oh man. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, also be sure to check out skinnymixers.com. I'm sure you're going to find something you like there. If you enter the code marbles at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first order. And, um, without trying to bring the podcast down too much with this, um, anybody with kids, uh, it's getting kind of warm outside in some of these places. It's 90 degrees where I live right now in, in the daytime. And we just had, we just had one of the hottest days we've ever had. And yesterday as we're recording this, uh, our community was kind of rocked a little bit mm. because there's a, a store owner here that everybody knows that, accidentally left his two-year-old kid in the back seat oh no like i said i hate to bring the podcast down so much 
Right. But this little boy oh, no. went to the same daycare as my little girl did. Mm. So it's kind of hitting a little closer to home. Oh, for sure. Than it normally does when you hear about this kind of thing. And people are so mean on Facebook towards the guy. When you know good and well, the guy is completely because t- the father did it. And you know, he's completely torn up about it. Like mm. he will never, ever live a day in his life that he doesn't think about that. Right. And it isn't like he did it on purpose. It's just, you know how it is. You, you do these things. You, you have this set schedule that you do. You have a routine. I mean, you get into, and then all of a sudden one day, well, I have to go take the kids to daycare and you get them ready to take them to daycare, but you go through the routine. And your brain just doesn't click like it should. Mm. And he didn't realize it until he went to pick up the kid from daycare. And the kid wasn't at daycare. He was in the car seat. So, like I said, I don't want to bring the whole podcast down with that. But this one hit really close to home. Right. I don't know how you can pay more attention. I don't. I don't know because it isn't like he meant to do this. Nobody means to do this. Right. It's just something awful that happens when if I, if something slips my mind, it tends to be something, Oh, I forgot to bring my drink to work. I left right. my coffee cause I, I made my coffee a little later than I normally do or something. I left my coffee at home or something like that. It, I haven't made a mistake this this grave yet, and I hope I never do. And I don't know what else to say except just just double check your back seats. Mm. And because that, like I said, that kind of rocked this community a little bit. And it's rocked me on Amen. a personal level more than I think any other one has. Just because this little kid's the same age as my little girl, right. and I don't think he was in the same class as her. But I have a feeling she knew him. Right. But she's almost she's just about to turn three in July. What am I gonna say to her? It's like, oh, do you know this little boy? What's his name? You know, I'm not I'm not gonna do that to her. Right. Or try to explain death to her. Right. So, you know, just I don't know. Just throwing that out there. If you got little kids, it's something you don't realize that could happen until it actually does happen to you. Right. So just yeah. Double check the back seats as much as you can. I don't don't know what else to say about it than that. It's getting that time of year, especially down here where I live. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, I hate to bring the whole podcast down like that. But no, thoughts and prayers for sure. Yeah, it's it's rocked that whole family and it's rocked this whole town. It's made some oh. it's made some nasty people too oh, come out I, of the woodworks. I understand completely. I bet. Yeah. Well, um. I, even saying all that uh, before we get out of here you got anything you want to add Ethan? as always peace love all the above and we'll see you next time in the marbles